Welcome to Papa's House Church Sermon of the Week. We hope you enjoyed this message by Pastor Charles. For more information about this service, visit Papa's House India by logging in into SoundCloud, iTunes, YouTube, and Facebook. So good to see you. We welcome you in the name of Jesus. Welcome to Papa's House. My name is Charles. We are so glad you joined us to worship the Lord this morning or you're watching this evening. We are so glad and um, I believe God has a word for us uh, and I want, I'm super excited. I don't know whether you are excited. I'm super excited. Why don't we take a minute and pray. Father, in the name of Jesus, I remove myself from your way so that you can have your way. We humble ourselves. Give us listening ears, sensitive heart. Let our eyes of understanding to be opened so that we can see the glorious truth that you want to speak to us. We thank you in Jesus' name. Amen. Wonderful. The title, I probably might have heard this before, but I just felt in my heart to share this again uh, because it has to go deeper in our system. The title, Understanding God's Original Design. Understanding God's Original Design. It's uh, the scripture that I want to read from from is from book of Genesis chapter 2 from verses 15 to 17. Then Lord God took man and placed him in the garden of Eden to cultivate and keep it. And the Lord God commanded him, you may eat freely from the tree of garden, but you must not eat from the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. For in the day that you may eat, you will surely die. And then turn with me to the New Testament, John chapter 10, verse 10. It goes like this, Jesus was talking and he mentioned, he makes this bold, uh, profound statement. He says, the thief comes only to steal, kill and destroy. I have come that they may have life and have it in full. And uh, this two scriptures, we're gonna dwell the next few minutes to really talk about mm, understanding God's original design. I made myself some nice chai it's so good. It's cold outside. I have my sleeves on and this chai. This is the closest thing that brings me closer uh, to India. Wonderful. Now, let's look at it in this scripture. Uh, John 10.10. 10. It's a beautiful scripture where Jesus says, I am the life. I have come to give you life. And we have skewed that and we made a theology by saying Jesus wants to have abundant life <laughs> and then we want he wants you to have big cars big houses you know promotions I mean nothing wrong in that God does bless you I don't believe poverty is godly but I also don't believe measuring God's blessing by how many how many stuff you have but actually Jesus was saying I want to give my life to you abundantly and uh, the reason why he made that statement because uh, the, the passage we read first in Genesis chapter 2, one of the crazy things happened there. The first Adam, God gave him a responsibility and the responsibility was to cultivate, to take dominion, to uh, be fruitful and to multiply. Of course, we Indians took that very seriously. We are multiplying left, right and center. We will be the most populous country in few years. I'm not sure about the fruitful part, but... We are, uh, we are still working on that, but we are multiplying like crazy. But this is the thing, you know, uh, 
God said to Adam, be fruitful and multiply, take dominion. You may eat anything you want. And then in the garden, he put two trees. You all know that the two trees are the tree of life and the tree of knowledge and the good and evil. So God gave him an option to eat from every tree, including the tree of life. Come on, say, somebody say tree of life. So God has given this old Adam a nature, an invitation to come and take part in his life. But you know the story. Adam was deceived by the enemy. And some of the men are saying, Adam was not deceived. It's the woman that gave, God gave to Adam. <laughs> you know, uh, out of Adam came woman. Eve, Eve was deceived. And along with that, Eve, Adam was deceived. And when Adam obeyed Satan, he disobeyed God. You can't obey God and obey Satan. You, you, it's, it's not possible. So you can't live like hell on Saturday and expect God to move like heaven on Sunday. You, 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 th this is a one-way road. You either choose him or choose something else. So what happened was, here was Adam took part in the knowledge of good and evil, the tree of the knowledge of good and evil, the fruit from the tree. And what happened was, instead of allowing God to be the God of his life, what happened was, he said to himself by taking part of that fruit, he said, I want to be the God of my own life. And I want to read you this statement. And this is a challenging thing uh, many people go through. And, and I believe this, uh, it, this is very, very key in what I'm reading. Because of the old Adam's fall, religion started. Because of the old Adam's fall, what has started? Religion started. And, but the good news is, because of the last Adam's victory, kingdom was given to us. Amen. The old Adam, he fell. And because of his fall, religion started. What happened? He, he, he thought he can get back to God by his works. He, the first work he did was the fig leaves. And then he was away. He was shy. He was in the garden. He could not boldly face. And the author of Hebrews says in 4, uh, I think 4, 16, he says, come boldly to the throne of grace. He's saying, why? Because the first Adam blew it. You are shying away. Now, because of Christ, the last Adam, now you can come boldly to the throne of grace. Now, I want to unpack it a little bit because there are a few things that we need to get it very importantly. So the old Adam, the, the first Adam, because of his disobedience, what happened was instead of he rightful his rightful place was being seated with him in in, in the heavenlies with the lord because of his disobedience he lost that rightful place that's why the author of uh, uh, i think in the book of romans it says when man sinned he falls short of the glory of god and what is the glory it's the mind of the god is the culture of god so because man fell into sin what is sin missing god's original design when when you miss god's original design when you miss god's original intention when you miss god's original plan what happens you fall into sin and that sin what happens is puts you below the design that god has and you lose the mind of god you lose the culture of god and throughout the years this is gonna <laughs> this is gonna sound bizarre to you, but listen to me. Noah, when he opened the ark, he left the dove. The Bible says 
he left the dove and the dove never came back. The first time it came back with a leaf, but the last time he released, it never came back. And I believe that dove significantly talk about Holy Spirit. In John 1.32, <laughs> are you ready? John 1.32 says, I saw when Jesus came out of the water, John is witnessing, heavens were opened and I saw Holy Spirit came in a form of a dove and remained. And I believe that for ages, for ages and ages, the Holy Spirit, the Spirit of Jesus was desiring to come and land upon a man. But there was no man that was worthy to receive him until the last Adam, Jesus came. And because Jesus, who was the son of God, became the son of man. And the son of man has came for, this, for us. Because of that, the Holy Spirit could come and dwell and remain on him. Now, this is the good news, guys. We didn't sin with Adam. We sinned in Adam. And because of that, we lost the rightful privilege. You agree with me, right? And now we have a beautiful good news. And what is the good news? Because we have Jesus, who is the last Adam, through him, we have gained the rightful position. What is the rightful position? To be seated next to him in the heavenlies. What a privilege, guys. What a privilege. And I, I know some of you are thinking, Charles, uh, uh, I still have this old Adamic nature. Why? I'll, I'll, I'll come to that. But I just wanted to encourage you. The moment you received Jesus in your life, you have an open invitation from the Father to come into the new Adamic nature, the Jesus nature. It's an, it's a, it's an invitation. Now, it's up to you to take that invitation and to make it as your life. Some people make it as their life only on Sundays. I call them fleshly Christians. Some people make it when they are convenient, when it makes logically sense or when they feel it. That's why they sometimes in the worship they'll be crying but then go home, still mistreat their wife or sleep with their girlfriends, cheat on their taxes. Why? Because it's soulish Christians. But very few people who say, God, let in this throne that I have, only your spirit can live and reign. They are called spirit-filled Christians. My friend, I want to invite you to that lifestyle of spirit-filled Christians. Amen. This is so beautiful. And uh, I want to encourage you to think about this. In the old Adam, we, we lost everything. We lost the right. And the Bible says uh, uh, that God kicked him out of the garden. That's what enemy does. He gives you an apple and takes the garden away from your life. Crazy, isn't it? He lost the rights. And then throughout this ages, there was no one who could come and deliver us. That's why Holy Spirit came and it left. Holy Spirit came and it never remained. Until John 1.32, you'll see there, the Holy Spirit came upon Jesus and remained on him. What happened now? Now, through Jesus, what we lost, we gained. And that's why the greatest transfusion that ever happened in the history of mankind is Jesus pouring his blood upon us. Now, I want you to listen. This is, this is so exciting. Now, the wife of Adam was taken from here, right? Was not taken from the head, not from the feet. It's not according to the Sunday school guy, a kid who came back from the Sunday school and said, Dada, Mama, <laughs> today 
I learned how Adam and Eve were created. And the parents were a little bit worried, like, what, what did you learn, man? You want to know? No. Um, then they muscled up their strength and they asked, son, tell me, what did you learn? And the boy said, uh, God created man from dust and he breathed and he became a man, a living man. And the father was like, wow, that's good. That's good. How did a woman came? Then God put the man to sleep. He took the brains from the man and made the woman. <laughs> that's just a, a joke, but it's also a reality in my own life. <laughs> anyway, so this reality of Adam putting to has been put to sleep and God took the wife just figuratively speaking when Jesus died on the cross the Roman soldier took a spear and pierced it on his side and the Bible says blood and water came out and the Bible says the blood and water came out and what is the significance of blood the blood is the one that transformed us the blood is the one that washed us his bride was washed by the blood of jesus and the water talks about holy spirit the water the one the holy spirit is the one that refreshes the spirit of jesus is the one that equips the spirit of jesus is the one that comforts the spirit of jesus is the one that edifies and brings the the body of christ the bride of christ into perfection wow isn't it beautiful isn't it beautiful? Now, my friends, what is the original design of God for us, the bride of Christ? I want you to read this. Uh, it's, it's up on the screen. 1 Peter 2.23. It says, you have been born again, not of a perishable seed, but of an imperishable through the living and enduring word of God. Let's pause this here. What is the perishable seed? Old Adam. And this, the old Adam... All those seeds of Adam are all perishable until the imperishable seed, Christ, when he came, we were born again from the perishable to the imperishable through the living and enduring word of God. That's why the Bible says man shall not live by bread alone, but every word that comes out of the word from his mouth. Now, it's up in the screen. You will see this. Father created, Jesus, the Son redeemed, the Holy Spirit lives in us. The three, the three unique God works for one reason. What is that? To restore mankind back into the family. In the eternity past, God desires and designed mankind to be with him in this beautiful communion relationship. But because of sin, we fall into that and we lost this communication and religion kicked in. And man still, the start of the religion, he tried to bring God down. Religion always starts with the word do. Kingdom starts with the word done. Amen. Hallelujah. So the three objectives, the Father, Son and the Holy Spirit has for the body of Christ. That's for you and me, for the bride of Christ. That's for you and me. Okay, so the three objectives, it's going to go quickly. I want you to uh, take notes. If you're not taking notes, please take notes. Number one, father desires to produce his son Jesus in us to co-reign with him. That is the design of the father. He desires us that we will be, that we will be co-hires with him, that we will lead and co-reign with him. That is, that is the desire of God. 
God's desire as the father is not just for you to say, okay, you got saved from sin. Now, here is your stamp, your uh, visa to heaven. It doesn't expire this visa. You can go. <laughs> no, Romans 8, 14 to 17 says, for all who are being led by the spirit of God, these are the sons of God. For you have not received the spirit of slavery leading to fear again, but you have received the spirit of adoption as sons when we cry out, Abba, Father. The spirit himself testifies with our spirit that we are the children of God. And if the children hires also, hires of God and fellow hires with Christ, if indeed we suffer with him, we also may be glorified with him. And, and what was the suffering? The suffering of being in the old Adamic nature. We could not get back into the original design. And that's why God says, I am bringing you back as sons and daughters of God. And my friends, I want to let you know this. Write it down. If you forget everything, remember this one thing. The number one goal of the Holy Spirit is to break the spirit of orphan in your heart. That's why Adam felt alone, ashamed, Full of, uh, full of guilt and condemnation. He was under the bush, could not even want to see God. And by the way, what is Eden? Eden is not a place. Eden is the presence of God. Eden is the presence of God. And what was God trying to do? He was trying to bring people back to Eden, back to the presence, back to the intimacy, back to the relationship. And that's why it says, as who are led by the Spirit of God. The moment you allow the Holy Spirit to guide your spirit, you're being led by the Spirit of God. What happens? He is pruning, he is arranging things in a way that even First Peter talks about that you are, you are like a living stones, that he is arranging things in your way that your spirit is actually coming in alignment with God's Spirit. And you becoming the sons, the daughters that Jesus, God the Father desires to reign along with him. Amen. What a beautiful thing. So what's God's number one goal as the Father? To produce his mature son Jesus in us to co-reign with him. Do you know the government of God never ceases? You read that in Isaiah it says, the government will be upon his shoulders and it will keep on increasing. It's amazing. Ephesians 1.15 says, He predestined us for adoption to sonship through Jesus Christ in accordance with his pleasure. With his pleasure. It is God's pleasure to adopt you back. It is God's pleasure to bring you back into this communion. It is Father's desire that we will come and live in the garden. The title should actually be come back to the garden. <laughs> you know, it's that's that that's the best title to say, you know, coming back to the garden more than saying understanding God's original design. It's coming back to the God. That's that's the thing coming back in the garden of God, staying there, communicating with him as as the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit communi com communicating one another, there was no jealousy, there was no hatred, there was no strife, ego, all those performance that was in the old Adamic nature because of the religion. It's all taken back into this beautiful place of Kononia, meeting God face to face and hanging out with Him. This joy that He gets out of connecting with us. Amen. That is why God said, my desire is to produce 
Jesus in you, a mature son in you, so that you can co-reign with me. What a privilege. Number two, Jesus desires to produce a bride for his wedding. What is number two, God's original design? Jesus, our Savior, desires to produce a bride for his wedding. Ephesians 5, 25 to 27 says this, so that you might present the church, that's us, to himself in splendor, without spot or wrinkle or any such thing, that she might be holy and without blemish. And by the way, the Jewish wedding is quite different. The Jewish wedding uh, is, uh, is like this. They, the bride has to even make her own wedding dress while the groom goes actually prepare a house and then the father of the groom will say now you have prepared the house now you're ready to come and they will come and they will to pick the bride and when the bride comes when the groom comes to pick the bride the bride prepares herself with the wedding dress and she purifies herself you know remember the story of esther she went through intense purification to go before the king and they, she would purify herself she would not eat certain food she would not meet certain friends she would keep herself why because she is meeting her groom wow and look this is this is what it says it's without spot or wrinkle or any such thing that she might be holy and without blemish <laughs> you know, I still remember, it looks like last week, but it's incredible. Almost 10 and a half years ago, I, I saw my wife coming down the aisle, so beautiful. There was no spot of blemish or wrinkle or anything. Her hair was beautiful. Her wreath that they had, that she had on the head and this wedding dress and the flower petals on the floor and the garland girls and her little niece carrying the ring and the birds chirping on the outside. The beautiful wedding, you know, shed and it's an outdoor wedding. And I'm just standing there. I was like, wow. If I am so excited to receive my bride in this world, imagine Jesus thinking about his church. This church will rise up without spot, without wrinkle, no jealousy, no hatred, no comparison, no trying to be strife, no trying to prove I am better than others. In the midst of all this, he's, he's preparing his bride. Look at 2 Corinthians 11 too. It says, I promise you to one husband, to Christ, so that I may present you as a pure virgin to him. You know, can I tell you something? This is very interesting. In the natural, a man expects a pure virgin to be married. But there is something so different about Jesus. Jesus loves us, loved you. When you didn't even love yourself, when you didn't even want to even love yourself, Jesus loved you, rescued you, and then made you as a pure virgin and embraced you as his bride. Wow! What a privilege! You know, that's the big difference between a religion and a kingdom. Religion says you have to purify then God will Christ will accept. Then God will accept you. But kingdom says, I accepted you. My blood paid the price. Now I am purifying it. Allow yourself to the purification so that you will be my bride. <laughs>
Hallelujah. I am so thrilled. You know, look at this verse, Revelations 21.9. This is the cry of the bride. I will show you the bride, the wife of the Lamb. Come, come. Isn't it beautiful? So what is God's original design? The Father wants us to be back in the garden so that you will be sons and daughters reigning with him. Jesus produces a bride that we will be so spotless having this intimacy with him. You know, that, that, that intimacy, someone said, into me you can see. Intimacy that you and Christ becoming one, that merging. Paul says, I know this is the least I can compare, that your earthly marriage to Christ and your marriage. But that's a mystery. And this is beyond this. I don't have words. And I want to encourage you, my friends. Don't take your life granted. Don't take your life lightly. Don't say, I'm a Christian. I go to church, I do my work, and then I just carry on. No, you are destined to be invited into the wedding lamb, supper of the wedding lamb, so, be, so that you can be his chosen bride. Amen. What does this mean? It means there are a few things you need to let go. The more you come closer to Christ, the less you will need external things to comfort you. Do you hear that, what I said? The more you come closer to Christ, the, the less you will need external things to entertain you or comfort you. Number three, you're running out of time. I want it to be quick and I want to pray for you. Okay, the Holy Spirit, this is the number three. The Holy Spirit desires to make his temple to dwell in us. Wow. This dead racing, universe creating spirit of Christ wants to dwell in us. Can you imagine this for a moment? Just imagine this. The address of God is no more a temple, a mosque, or a synagogue, or a church. The address of God is your heart. 1 Corinthians 6.19 says, Don't you know that your bodies are the temple of the Holy Spirit who is in you, whom you have received from God? You are not on your own. My friend, I am in utter privilege an utter awe when I think about this possibility of carrying God. I am carrying God. I am hosting God. What a privilege. What a privilege. You know, if each and every believer think for a moment and understand the seriousness, you are hosting God. I am hosting God. I can't allow dirtiness in my room. Imagine, imagine this. Your favorite actor your favorite politician, your favorite spiritual guru or a spiritual hero. One of my favorite spiritual heroes is Ziegenbach who gave my Tamil Bible or you know, William Carey or William Wilberforce who abolished slavery or, you know, Ida um, Scudder. <laughs> they are my heroes. Imagine they knock at my door and say, here I am, Charles. I want to stay a couple of days in your home. In your home. What I would do, I would flip out first of all and num number two I will try to make them so comfortable that they will cherish their stay with me right imagine this this eternal God as knocking the door revelations I think in 22 it says I'm knocking the door of your heart if anyone opens the door I we will come inside we will dine with him and he will dine with us. Wow. Wow. Guys, 
Think about this. Think about this for a moment, that you have a privilege to host the presence of God. That means what external things doesn't matter. If some gossip happens, man, I, this person doesn't agree with the gossip. I can't handle that. Boom. If lust, I can't handle because he is most important. Greed, no, I can't handle. This is more important. Anger, I can't handle. This is more important. Bitterness, no, I can't handle that. But this is more important. Unforgiveness, no, that's, that's nowhere to go. This is more important. If you come to that realization, I tell you, you know what's happening? Holy Spirit is starting to build his temple there and starting to dwell there. He doesn't tolerate, you know. Sometimes we go to your guest house. You, you can't wait to get back to your place, get back to your car. You know, their bathroom stinks, their food. You try to open and eat, suddenly air is there in the food. The glass tumbler is not that clean. And you, <laughs> I don't want to be more graphic. And they say, stay here one night and sleep. And you try to lay down there. The pillow cover was not washed even before the foundations of the world. And you are like, man, I can't wait to get out. And they say, stay one more day. No, Appa, Sami, Utta, Poro. Listen, 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 listen. You have been given this beautiful opportunity to host him. Is Jesus feeling tolerated or he is embraced? and celebrated in your house. Uh, brother, Sunday, he is so embraced. Monday to Friday, I don't know. Hmm. Saturday, brother, I put him in a box. <laughs> Look at this Ephesians 2, 21, 22. In him, this is beautiful. In him, the whole building is fitted together and glows in the holy temple in the Lord. And in him, you two are building, being built together into a dwelling place for God in his spirit. What does this mean? That means individually, God is building you, making you as a temple a living stone. Okay? And then corporately as a church, he's building how he is building? This individual living stones coming together. I am coming together as a temple of the Holy Spirit, a living stone. You are coming together as a living stone. My brother coming together as a living stone. My brother Chenny comes together as a living stone. My sister Roshni is coming as a living stone. Coming together, we are building one another and upon one another. And we are becoming a temple corporately. Wow. Wow. What a privilege to host the Holy Spirit. Amen. You may say, Charles, this all But I have this problem. My mother-in-law is in my home all the time. <laughs> my father-in-law is all the time here. You know, my, my uncle is, is there. My, my, my ex-girlfriend is in the same neighborhood. Sometimes all those things are makes me weird. That's why the Bible says, uh, offer your body as a living sacrifice. What does that mean? In the midst of crisis, you allow Christ, you allow the cross to crucify those things so that you can be a living sacrifice. And I know it's easy to say, hard to do. And I tell you, I, the, the, the challenge for me is this. It's easy to praise God when things are going well. But it is tough, it's challenging to say, God, yes, it's challenging, it's tough, but I want you to be glorified. 
I, this is the prayer these days I pray. God, there's only one thing I desire to bring glory to your name. To bring glory to your name. In my words, I want to bring glory to your name. In my thoughts, I want to bring glory to your name. In my attitudes, in my actions, in my desires, in my behavior with the same sex, opposite sex, I want to bring glory to your name. Hallelujah. Amen. Isn't it beautiful, guys? What a privilege that we have. Amen. So, to sum it up, sum it up, God desires us to come back to the garden so that the Father can produce his mature son in us to rule with him. Jesus can prepare a bride for the wedding and Holy Spirit can prepare a temple so that he can dwell and manifest his glory. And what is glory? The mind of Christ. Isn't it beautiful? Do you want to be part of God's original design? Do you want to understand this and live in every area of your life? In every aspect, areas of your life. Invite God in. Invite God in in your marriage. God, bring your kingdom into my marriage. Bring God into your finances. Don't cause God to bless you and on the finances and so that you can keep doing your own way. No, invite him. Make him the leader of the finances. Make him the leader of your thoughts. And I, it's, it's here. I want to read this to you. And I want to read this statement to you. With this, I want to pray with you. Okay? God, somebody said this, um, and God will not change your mind. You cannot change your heart. But if you can change your thoughts, God will change your heart. God will not change your mind because the Bible says you need to renew your mind according to the word of God. You can't change your heart. It is the God who brings transformation. But if you can change your thoughts, he says, think my thoughts. God will change your heart. Wow. And I believe this is the season where we are in. God is bringing us closer so that we can be his bride, his mature son, his temple that can be a witness that brings his glory on earth as it is in heaven. Let's pray. Father, I thank you for my brothers and sisters. It is a joy that they are Gathered together, we are here as a family. And I pray, Father, even now as Patrick comes to lead us in communion, let us remember the sacrifice the Father paid. The Father who sent His Son paid the price. Son who gave everything. And the Holy Spirit who convicted us so that we can come into this beautiful relationship. Help us, Father, to understand your eternal purpose that you desire to reign in us and through us. You desire to make us your bride. You desire to come and dwell with us. Father, everything that is hindering us to this original design, remove it, Father. We yield to you. Come on, say this after me. I yield to you, Jesus. Come on, come on, church. As your husband, wife, you're sitting together as a family, hold their hands and say, we yield to your work. We yield to you, Father. Hallelujah. There is a person here, the Holy Spirit wants to say to you that the kingdom of God is coming upon you. You thought you are uneligible to be accepted, but Christ is saying, my blood has covered you. No more shame. No more guilt. No more sense of saying, I am unworthy because Christ has made you worthy. Come boldly, says the Lord. We thank you, Father. I pray for your presence to manifest this week tangibly in each and every one. In the name
name of Jesus. Amen. God bless you guys. Amen.